George had a premonition. Seems like it's all coming to fruition. A race against time, now the clock started ticking. The whole thing ends once the people have risen. The only infection here is deception. They fooled the whole world with PCR testing. Look at all the facts they're neglecting to mention. Ask too many questions and you can get censored. The thought police are patrolling, they don't want information if they can't control it. Nah, can't you see what's unfolding? 1984, George already wrote it. Yeah, said we're living within all Wells chapters. No money for homeless, but there's money to track us. Tell me that ain't madness, now we're all anti-vaxxers. Just cause we question and seek to find answers. They want me scared for my life, but nurses can find time for TikTok dances. The media's a stage full of actors, manufactured psyops and distractions. Big Brother is watching and plotting. Hands are the only things that they want washing. Nah, they want everybody locked in, taking your mind hostage till you've lost it. New normal. Lockdowns, the band's in motion and it ain't gonna stop now You can see the plot now, it ain't even hiding A real pandemic doesn't need advertising It's an attack on our freedom Businesses destroyed for no reason Grandparents in care homes dying of loneliness Missing their families, wishing that they could see them What about the patients on the waiting list who couldn't get their treatment? Look at all the havoc it's been wreaking Suicide and depression increasing Can't you see this is tearing us to pieces? I don't believe in a damn word the government is speaking They're creeping towards more control That's the true goal that they're seeking The vampires are just trying to sink their teeth in What happened to the truth? Come to think of it, what happened to the flu? And what would happen if nobody watched the news? Red pill or blue, now it's time to choose for real Be honest with yourself Do you really believe that this is about health? It's never been, take a look, it's evident The only thing that's spreading is the terror they've been peddling That mask is a muzzle Only the strong will survive in this struggle If you ain't seen the bigger picture yet Then you're just lost in the puzzle Literally got you living in a bubble The only virus in our lives is these liars and these tyrants That are trying to deny us of our rights And conspiring to annihilate the righteous The sheep can be silenced But they could never quiet the lions We're rising the veil has been lifted, consciousness has shifted to a higher wisdom And we ain't gonna be victims of this system We won't be prisoners, this is the resistance Welcome to the resistance Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. I'm Sam. I am. Welcome to the Lifeboat live stream. Okay, wasn't planning on doing a show tonight, but just looking on Twitter, there is so much that happened that I read about that's still to cover that is, I think, so important. Um, I, I was just blown away, and like, I, I, I there, there's, there's so much stuff here. I can't even put it all together into one show. Like, I think you'll see what I mean as we go through it. So I want to start right here because, you know, this started with, what was it, 14 days to slow the curve, two weeks to stop the spread, and their clever little bullshit slogans. And it's turned into, well, you, you need to get vaccinated and then three shots to keep your job. And now it's, well whatever medical experimentation they want to perform on you at any time in the future to participate in society. 
And now that's exactly what they're saying. Listen. The first time the CDC is making a recommendation for a fourth shot of the coronavirus vaccine. The additional dose would be for people with suppressed immune systems. They would be able to get it sometime next year. The so now, I mean, just for the people with suppressed immune systems now, fourth dose. Not one, not two, not three, but four. And we've already seen in country after country, they then redefine the term, and Walensky's talked about this as well, might have to redefine what it means to be vaccinated so that they can then kick people off like they did in Israel, turn them from vaccinated to unvaccinated, and unplug them from society if they stop going along. Pfizer or Moderna shot would be given six months after a patient got their third dose. The guidance does not apply to people who received the J&J vaccine. A recent study found that people with compromised immune systems were almost 500 times more likely to be hospitalized or die from COVID. Oh, we'll see. There you go. That justifies it, doesn't it? They always come up with some statistic that's just going to be lost upon the masses. And I think they are in full-on panic mode because the data that we're going to... Sorry, let me close that down here. The data that we're going to cover tonight makes it absolutely crystal clear that the vaccinated die-off is in full swing and gaining momentum. And what they're hoping to do at this point is make it through the winter. They know what's coming they know what's already happening in hospitals at the very beginning of winter for the Northern Hemisphere. And so they're scrambling and they've been giving out booster shots after booster shot after booster shot to try and get these people because it does have a protective effect for a period of time. But with each, each successive shot that you get, your immune system degrades faster and the, the, durability degrades and it doesn't just stop and leave it where it was it actually takes it below where you were before pre-vaccine and makes you more likely to catch covid and then the 500 percent thing applies to those people because they're immune compromised and now they have covid if they don't get their shot for the rest of their life and of course every one of them is a game of russian roulette as we'll see tonight, you're pulling the trigger and hoping it doesn't go bang. Right here. If you look at this table, this is table four, and we're going to go through the actual report, but this quite nicely summarizes it. COVID-19 deaths within 28 days and within 60 days of positive specimen or with COVID-19 reported by death certificate by vaccination status between week 39 and 42. So these are COVID-19 deaths. These are just COVID deaths, right? There are people dying of cancers, of heart attacks, of all these other conditions who are testing negative. Of course, the testing's a sham, but that's a topic for another day. And they would not be in here, okay? And what does it show? Well, if we look down here, 
in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. That's where most of the data is. And I apologize, it's a little cut off, but I'll show you in the uh, PDF when we get to it. You've got 250, 612, 1,200 in the 60s, 70s, and 80, respectively, that were double vaccinated. Then you've got another 100 or so to add to that that were uh, within the 21-day window after the first uh, or the after one dose and then you've got the unvaccinated over here and instead of 250 612 and 1209 they're at 105 101 and 143 deaths Eighty-two percent of COVID-19 deaths and sixty-six percent of hospitalizations. Here are the hospitalizations. We've got, and you can see how. Oh, now it's affecting the younger age groups too in much greater numbers than the deaths. And this is what Gert predicted. As these strains sit there and um, mutate in the vaccinated populations. They're going to be more infectious and harmful to the younger age groups, which were currently immune. And that's exactly what we're seeing. So while back here, if you look in the 18 to 29, there were three deaths among the vaccinated, seven in the non-vaccinated. When you go over here to hospitalizations, that number is 74 and 212. And as we go down, it's, you know, I know these numbers are hard to follow for those of you that are just listening. However, we're going to read down this list. Uh, 30, in the 30s, it's, it was six um, deaths. In the 40s, it was 28. In the 50s, it was 77. We go back here to hospitalizations, and now we're at 203, 437, 632, 841. It's going up by about 200 it's almost it's going up by way more i think anyway you get the idea so this is the vaccinated dying now these are the canaries in the coal mine still it's early will it get worse i think so i think that's clearly what they're showing what the data is showing and of course this data is right here from the uk Health Security Agency, it's their COVID-19 vaccine surveillance report for week 43, since they have uh, started their vaccination program. And here in the effectiveness, they're talking several studies of vaccine effectiveness have been conducted on the UK, which indicate that two doses of the vaccine between 65 and 95% effective at preventing symptomatic disease with COVID-19 with the Delta variant. So doesn't stop you from getting sick, but uh, it does reduce symptoms. With higher levels of protection against severe disease, including hospitalization and death, there is some evidence of waning protection against infections and symptomatic disease over time, though. Yeah, yeah, like you become more likely to catch COVID and get sick and die, as the data is now showing in your own report here. Though protection against severe disease remains high in most groups at least five months after the second dose. Let's just not talk about what happens after that, okay? Because we'll have another booster for you. There's another thing I want to call your attention to. I haven't gone through this whole report, but here's their 
vaccine effectiveness, and you can see pink is low confidence. So for infection, 75 to 85% effective at, at preventing infection for the uh, Pfizer and 60 to 70% for AstraZeneca. But of course, when it comes to symptomatic disease, that's where they've got high confidence evidence from multiple studies, which is consistent and comprehensive that uh, it reduces symptoms like eight or improves you from getting severe symptoms, 80 to 90% and 60 to 75%. And then there are other ones for hospitalization and mortality, 95 to 99%. But when you look down here, what is it? What are these numbers based on? Estimates of initial vaccine effectiveness in the general population after a two-dose course, this typically applies for at least the first three to four months after the vaccination. For some outcomes, there may be waning effect beyond this point. Well, that's telling half the truth. The reality is you become more likely to be infected as we'll go over the data tonight. Or I, I, I think we did it in the last show. Showed you the chart where you go from green to red as time moves on through the different age groups. And then that means for all but the youngest age group, everybody else, 20, I think the youngest one was like 13 to 16 or something like that, uh, whatever their lower one was, everybody above that was negative, meaning they're now more likely to catch COVID because their immune system is compromised. Do you think that's important to point out? Why aren't they? So here's their, um, these are those charts that we just read through. There's one, and I probably got it blown up too big. So there's the one, there's the other. This is, you know, the official UK government website with all the data in there. And this is the kind of data that the expose is taking and looking at over time and doing some further analysis on. So they know what's happening. They're trying to save themselves. Of course, what's the reality? The government has admitted at this point that the case fatality rate is 0.096%, which is exactly the same as a flu. And the double vaxxed are still catching and spreading COVID. Why should anyone have to test at all? Like, what's the point anymore? Why are we doing this? What exactly are they saving us from? The flu? And how exactly are they going to do that? Well, here's the answer. They've got a little thing here that says, enabling people to visit countries, conferences, and sporting events safely. They're keeping us all safe. If you just give up, you know, a little bit of uh, personal liberty for perceived safety, everything will be fine. Isn't that what Benjamin Franklin said? Users will have their, users will have their blood screened. Look at this. Oh, so now they're going to harvest DNA. Users will have their blood screened at an approved COVID pass laboratory before being issued with a secure QR health visit code on their phone, which they can present at airline check-in borders or in event entrances. The digital passport doesn't include tracing technology. No, 
preserving data privacy while saving time and money. It's not like, you know, if they have your information and your blood and your DNA profile that they would database that and plug it in anywhere else and use it to track you. No, the government would never do something like that. It's just so uncharacteristic of everything they've done for centuries. COVID past creators say that by using the blood test data, oh, sorry, I'm too damn slow. It's 100% reliable. Just like the, the vaccine's 100% safe and effective. That's what they told us, isn't it? And could ensure only non-infectious people travel across borders. Well, there you go. I mean, we just can't have anyone who's infected with anything on the government uh, disavowed list traveling and crossing imaginary lines that the government's invented. While monitoring access to concerts, conferences, and pilgrimages. <laughs> we'll just unplug you from society. This is by the, from the World Economic Forum, by the way. Uses real-time automated epidemiological data and blockchain technology. Oh, great. Yeah. They're going to use blockchain technology to enslave us. It's a double-edged sword, people. It depends on how you want to use it. That countries could manage future waves of COVID-19 or other epidemics that we've planned and created. Of course, without the need for a total lockdown. No, no, you just go let the vampires draw your blood and uh, track you everywhere you go. Even as they say to your face, we're not going to use this to track you as they track you. <laughs> COVID pass plans to launch in September. Of course, the government doesn't like you. They could probably manipulate the test results. Have we ever seen anything where the government's lied about something they, they said they knew and they didn't? Or something they said was happening that wasn't? I mean, well, like pretty much every war the U.S. has started, Gulf of Tonkin, one perfect example of that, led to millions of people's deaths. Who was, who was uh, put in jail for that? Who was executed for that lie? Nobody. But you can trust the government, not just any government, the completely uh, foreign world government that they want to bring about to implement this fairly. Commits to mandatory carbon offsetting for each of its passengers to preserve the environmental benefits of reduced air travel during the crisis. Oh, okay. So they're going to make it more expensive to get on a plane because, you know, if we give the government billions of dollars, they can change the temperature of the planet a few degrees. Certainly. I mean, it makes perfect sense. They've been so efficient at everything else they've tried to do. Global travelism, travel and tourism have been devastated by COVID. International arrivals are predicted to be down by 78% in 2020. No, it wasn't decimated by COVID. It was decimated by you people enslaving your populations, treating them like the chattel property that you think they are, and just putting it right in their face finally. Demand may not recover until 2024. Millions of jobs and tourism are at risk. Well, a lot more than that, aren't they? 
The virus has pushed back events worldwide, including the Tokyo Summer Olympics. For a flu, for a flu that we can treat and further reduce that death rate. Of course, the 600,000 dead, average age over 80 years old, average life expectancy 77. But this is what they plan to do. This has always been the agenda. This has always been the goal. COVID was just the vehicle that gets them there. And does is this solution make any sense given the reality of COVID now? No, not at all. But never let a good crisis go to waste. This is a solution looking for a problem, and it's a solution for them to control you, not to serve you. They're going to help revive tourism and entertainment by further restricting it with their passes. Yeah, these people are disgusting. Meanwhile, in Canada, in the transportation sector, this means rules are in place requiring travelers to be vaccinated in order to board planes, trains, or vessels as of October 30th. Starting tomorrow, passengers flying on domestic, transborder, or international flights departing from Canada and passengers on Via Rail and the Rocky Mountaineer trains must be fully vaccinated in order to board. In the trans- So they have just effectively turned the vaccine passport into an internal passport. They have, I've told you guys, we're all prisoners. We're just in the minimum security version of the prison where you can get leave passes to go and visit other places. You can apply for higher access passes to go and visit far away places that the gang doesn't control. And now in Canada, they've just turned the unvaccinated into minimum security prisoners now. You can't leave your designated area. You can't get on a train. You can't board a vessel, a boat. You can't escape. You are a prisoner in our concentration camp until you submit to forced medical experimentation and abject tyranny. And there's another story where people that had fines, they went and emptied their bank accounts, seized their property, ripped them off at gunpoint, essentially, for $5 million, something like that. They are taking everything from people, and this will inevitably result in suicide bombers. We're going to see some kind of attack on government, mass casualty event, because this is what happens when you come in and occupy a people and subjugate and enslave them and take everything from some of them. When they have nothing left to lose, they lose it, as Gerald Salente says. And that's what's coming for Canada and probably Australia too. Meanwhile in school, 
at East Jefferson High was given a vaccine without proper parental consent. Oshner says it happened Wednesday while a mobile unit was on site at the school campus providing Pfizer vaccines for those 12 and up. WDSU News reporter Shay O'Connor is in the newsroom with how word spread fast among other parents. Shay? So, wait a minute. They sent a mobile vaccination van out to a middle school and started injecting people in the arm without parents around. And this was just an oversight, a simple mistake, a misunderstanding. I'm sorry. How stupid do you think I am? is right selling out Jennifer Ravain. It says her son was administered a dose of the Pfizer vaccine without her consent during that mobile Oshner vaccine event at East Jefferson High School. Now she and her attorney believe other students were also given vaccines without parental consent. Now we did speak with some other parents throughout the parish who tell me they are very upset at this. If something were to happen to my child that he signed for or they allowed him to do without my consent. Who's going to be responsible for taking care of any medical bills? For you are. Not the unaccountable empire. Why is this nurse who did this not in fucking jail right now? The rest of his life, if something were to happen. Parents in Jefferson. Something's going to happen, most likely. Parish are reacting after word spread of a teen getting vaccinated without proper parental consent at East Jefferson High School. So they show up in the mobile van. They talk these students into signing the consent form on behalf of their parents who are not there. And their recourse is, well, you can sue. Why are these people not in jail? School. It happened during an on-campus Oshner mobile vaccine event this week. The parent of the teen says Oshner... Why isn't the FBI raiding this business and carrying the CEO out in handcuffs right now? They went and lied to minors and injected them with a poison, with a chemical injection designed to induce illness via synthetic pathogen and told them to falsify their parents' signature. Reps told him and others to sign consent forms on their parents' behalf. I would be so uh, gut-wrenched if something like that happened to my child, and I feel for the parent that that happened to him. Ashner confirmed in this statement sent to WDSU, our team has been notified a student was vaccinated without proper parental consent at a school vaccination event on October 20th. We have procedures in place to ensure that all policies are followed. However, in this instance, this did not occur. And of course, what the fuck else are they going to say? Yeah, we let these people come in and lie to your kids and a whole bunch of them signed forms and got shots in the arm that are potentially could kill them, give them a heart condition for life, shorten their life to a few years. And uh, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> Danielle Woods has a 14-year-old that attends Haynes Academy and says to hear this happen 
is a letdown to parents throughout the parish. I'm not saying that anybody should or should not get it. I'm, but it. I will. You shouldn't get this shit. It's deadly. It is my personal choice, and I don't feel like it's right for them to take that away from me. We've reached out to the mother of the teen who sparked the concerns. Jennifer Ravain's attorney advised her not to talk with us on camera, but did send this statement reading in part. Actions at Oshner and East Jefferson High School went well beyond any legal or moral bounds at a minimum. Parents like Jessica. So with the government police, when the government schools do something wrong, you have to sue them. When you do something wrong, they come and arrest you. This system is so broken, there is no fixing it. And as the government grows into more and more aspects of society, there is less and less accountability. It is a system that is flawed by design. There is no fixing it. We must simply leave it behind and move on. This paradigm is dying, and you need to recognize that and prepare for it and change your mindset, most importantly. Remember when I did the shit at the fan episode, I talked about there are people who die in these situations because they can't recognize that the old paradigm is dead. The old paradigm, the government paradigm, is a dinosaur thrashing around in a tar pit right now, and it's very dangerous. The approval by the FDA for kids, uh, what was it, 6 to 12 years old? Everybody on there was getting money from Pfizer. They're either grant recipients, former employees. The whole thing is so co-opted. They don't care about the evidence. We're going to look at that later. This is a criminal enterprise in their death throes. Okay? And if you're smart, you'll get your kids the fuck out of their indoctrination centers. Capetolino agree going against a parent or behind a parent's back by using other forms that were for other purposes it's going behind the parents back and taking away your rights and last thing i know we're living in a free country taking away your rights how about forcing medical experimentation on a minor through deception and lies is a fucking war crime punishable by death Speaking of which, here's one of the indoctrinated. This is uh, Dr. Dave Stuckus. Now, he's, he's blocked me, as we'll see. But he's a pediatric allergist, immunologist, director, food allergy center, Nationwide Kids. is This organization is a hospital, children's hospital. Dispelling myths one tweet at a time often zigging when others zag. And here he's announced with his pen tweet, I'm a board-certified immunologist. My wife is a pediatric ER physician. I followed COVID vaccine data in teens and adults, read Pfizer safety efficacy data in 5 to 11-year-olds, and listened to FDA discussion. We will vaccinate our 8- and 11-year-old children with confidence and gratitude. Yeah, that's good. So... I'm telling him, well, uh, you should take a closer look 
said, then you should take a closer look, allergy kids doc. Please don't sacrifice your child to the state because you let cognitive dissonance get the best of you. At the very least, read this. And what did I send him? 10 red flags in the FDA's risk benefit analysis of Pfizer's EUA application. You know, the one that's been approved by people taking money from Pfizer. (laughs) There's no ethics at all. These people are criminal drug cartels. If you hadn't, if you, I'm sure some of you balked at that, but this should make it pretty fucking clear what's happening, doesn't it? And who these people are and what they're about. If your kid dies so they can make a few more billions, that's fine with them. So this guy, I love this article. I didn't have time to go through and highlight it, but let's read some of it. So he goes through his, his basically um, resume here. I have a year of undergraduate statistics at one of the best liberal arts colleges in America, Swarthmore. I have a year of graduate statistics at the master's program rated number one, which is Berkeley for policy analysis. I have a PhD in political economy from one of the top universities in the world from, from Sydney. My research focuses on corruption in the pharmaceutical industry, so I've read scientific studies in connection with vaccines nearly every day for five years. Early in my career, I worked professionally tearing apart shoddy cost-benefit analyses prepared by corporations that were trying to get tax breaks. Sorry, I need to get rid of that. Oh, shit. I just closed the wrong window. Sorry, there went the chat. I'll get it back up here in a second. Um, Well, let me do this. Okay, Uh, let's start. (laughs) Hold on, it's coming back. Here we go. Uh, University of Sydney, my focus is on corruption. Suffice to say, let's see, early in my career, I worked professionally tearing apart shoddy cost-benefit analysis prepared by corporations that were trying to get tax breaks contracts, and other concessions from local governments. Suffice it to say, I've thought a lot about risk-benefit analysis, and I'm better equipped than most to read one of these documents. The FDA's uh, risk-benefit analysis in, co- in connection with Pfizer's emergency use authorization application to inject children ages 5 to 11 with their COVID-19 vaccine is one of the shoddiest documents I've ever seen. COVID-19 rates, he and he's got... 10 red flags that he's going to lay out for us. And we're going to read through these in varying depths. COVID-19 rates in children ages 5 to 11 are so low that there were zero cases of severe COVID-19 and zero cases of death from COVID in either the treatment, or which is 1,518 people, or the control group, which is 750 people. So any claims you see in the press about Pfizer vaccine being 90% effective in children are meaningless because they are referring to mild cases from which children usually recover quickly and then have robust broad spectrum immunity, natural immunity, far superior shown in study after study to the single antigen vaccine induced immunity that degrades after six months and puts you in greater danger of catching COVID. This is insanity to go around and injecting children with this. Pfizer's application should be, so there's literally no emergency in this population because zero deaths, 
zero hospitalizations, no emergency in this population for which one could apply for an emergency use authorization. Pfizer's application should be dead on arrival if the FDA actually followed the science and their own rules. Well, guess what? They're all on the Pfizer payroll, so fuck off with your rules. We will return to this topic below. Red flag number two, Pfizer's clinical trial in kids was intentionally undersized to hide harms. So well-known trick of the pharmaceutical industry, the FDA even called them out on it earlier this summer and asked Pfizer to expand the trial. That was one of their recommendations, not requirements, just like, you know, hey, we recommend you should do some studies in pregnant women, but then the CDC just decided, no, we don't need that. We're just going to say it's safe and effective for pregnant women to take. And uh, let, let's get some shots. Let's get some chemicals injected into some pregnant women's arms here. See how this goes. I mean, it's, it's going to be safe and effective, obviously, because we've said that. And we've been right all along. We at the CDC and the FDA. So they didn't do those studies. They haven't done any of the recommended studies. They've just eh, ignored it. Let's do without it. We don't need a challenge study. Every time we try to do a challenge study with a coronavirus vaccine, 100% of the participants died. But uh, that's not going to happen this time because we say so and we don't have any data to support that. Let's, let's start injecting this into six-year-olds. Five-year-olds. God. Pfizer fudged it by importing data. Or, or hold on, sorry. Uh, Pfizer just ignored them because they can. Pfizer fudged it by importing data from a different study, but this other study only monitored adverse uh, outcomes for 17 days. So if anything, the new data polluted rather than clarified the outcomes. Yeah. Do you see what they did? They brought in, we, they found a data set that makes it look better and increases the numbers and they threw it in there and it's not even a comparable data set. It doesn't match with the trial data. <laughs> so boom, there you go. To put it simply, if the rate of a particular adverse outcome in kids is a result of, of this shot is one in 5,000 and the trial only enrolls 1,500 in the treatment group, then one is likely to spot this particular harm in the clinical trial or is unlikely. So you, basically they're using a group that should be small enough to where you don't see an adverse reaction and then they can brand it safe and effective, trademarked. It's our slogan. Government is now 100% safe and effective, just like the vaccine. Red flag number three, Pfizer only enrolled participants 5 to 11 years of age without evidence of prior SARS-CoV-2 infection. Hmm, why would they want to do that? Is it because if you get vaccinated after being infected with COVID-19, it attacks your immune system and you're two to three times more likely to have adverse reactions? Ah, crap. What was that? There's the one I want. <laughs> this was by design. Toxic polluters. That, that is, does sound very scary, though, doesn't it? Ooh, oh, it is Halloween. Coming up here. 
Um, okay, this was by design. Toxic polluters have learned not to ask questions that they do not want answers to, lest they wind up staring at their own smoking gun in a future court case. So they just ignore the data, right? What, what the British are saying is that they are now finding the vaccine interferes with your body's innate ability after infection to produce antibodies. So you have your, your CD8 cells, which I think are the lidokines and, um, damn it, I'm forgetting the name of the other one. Uh, it'll come to me or somebody in chat can throw it up. Now that I have that window, let me fix that. There there was something flashing over here from his profile and I had to turn it off and I closed the wrong windows. What happened earlier? And I'm like, ah, panic. (laughs) Okay. Uh, anyway, whatever those are called, lymphocytes and the other one. So the other one is basically what your body, uh, what manufactures antibodies in, inside of your body. Right. So it's the, production factory for these antibodies to go out and fight disease, right? They're both getting wiped out. These people are basically having a form of HIV of an immune deficiency. And that's why we're seeing all of these rapid cancers and viral outbreaks because it is destroying their immune system. And that's what they're saying. The British data is showing. Uh, your body's innate ability after infection to produce antibodies against not just the spike protein, but other pieces of the virus. Specifically, vaccinated people don't seem to be producing antibodies to the uh, nucleocapsid protein, the shell of the virus, which are, cri- which are a critical part of the response in vaccinated people or in unvaccinated people. This means the vaccinated people will be far more vulnerable to mutations in the spike protein even after they have been infected and recovered once, right? I remember the whole 1984 double speak that I showed you guys a while ago where they tried to change from breakthrough infected infection to it improves your immunity. What happened to that? Well, I guess the data showed, nope, that's false as well. So let's abandon that and go with something else. Time for your fourth booster shot. Line up, suckers. It also means the virus is likely to select for mutations that go in exactly that direction because those will essentially give it an enormous vulnerable population to infect. And it probably is still more evidence the vaccines may interfere with the development of robust long-term immunity post-infection. Mm-hmm, exactly. While leaving you defenseless. I think this is number four. Red flag number four, did Pfizer lose contact with 4.9% of their clinical trial participants? The FDA risk benefit document states, quote, among cohort one participants, 95.1% had safety follow-up greater than two months after dose two at the time of the September 6th data cutoff. So what happened to those 4.9%? Who did not have safety follow-up two months after dose two? Were they in the treatment or the control group? We have no idea because Pfizer isn't saying. Like, did they, oh, oh, we heard you were having some trouble. Thanks for letting us know. We'll get our people out there to follow up with you and get all of this documented. And then they just, shoot, never get around to it. Would they do something like that? Remember the lady whose foot was peeling and her heels started bleeding when she walked? And they told her she was in the control group. And now we have people 
vaccine injured. It's fairly rare, but does happen with that exact same symptom. Yes, these people are criminal drug cartels. They are lured and on the hook of these cartels, and they'll do whatever they're told. And if that turns you into collateral damage, so be it. Given the small size of the trial, failing to follow up with 4.9% of the participants potentially skews the results, especially if that has an abnormally unusual distribution of people experiencing negative side effects after vaccination, wouldn't it? Or if most of those 4.9% happen to be in the treatment group, not the control group, wouldn't it? Red flag number five, the follow-up period was intentionally too short. This is another well-known trick of the pharmaceutical industry designed to hide harms. Cohort one appears to have been followed for two months. Cohort two was only monitored for adverse events for 17 days. Many harms from vaccines, including cancer and autoimmune disorders, take much longer to show up. Six months, that's what we're seeing. As the old saying goes, quote, you can have it quick or you can have it done right, but you can't have both. Pfizer chose quick. Red flag number six. The risk-benefit model created by the FDA only looks at one known harm from the Pfizer mRNA shot, myocarditis. But we know that the real-world harms from the Pfizer mRNA shot go well beyond myocarditis and include anaphylaxis, Bell's palsy, heart attack, thrombocytopenia, low platelet, permanent disability, shingles, and Guillain-Barre syndrome to name syndrome to name a few. Cancer, diabetes, endocrine disruption, and autoimmune disorders may show up later, but the FDA does not care about any of that because they have a vaccine to sell. Well, when you say FDA, the uh, scientists on Pfizer's payroll representing masquerading as an independent FDA review board have a vaccine to sell. So they just ignore all of those facts factors in their model. Red flag number seven, Pfizer intentionally wipes out the control group as soon as they can by vaccinating all the kids who initially got the placebo. Then claim that they are doing this for ethical reasons. But, you know, we can't let these, these kids, none of which died or got sick, go on risking their lives literally every second by catching COVID. We need to get them vaccinated. But everyone knows that Pfizer's true aim is to wipe out any comparison group so that there can be no long-term safety studies. Wiping out the control group is a criminal act, and yet Pfizer, Moderna, J&J, and AstraZeneca do this as standard practice with the blessing of the FDA and CDC. Why? Because they're fucking captured agencies. They're controlled by the CCP. And China wants a lot. America destroyed. That's what this is all about, too. There's more than one agenda at play here. There's more than one thing happening. They are trying to bum rush all of this change, all of this tyranny, all of these lockdowns, all of these new control grid technologies onto you under this false flag attack because that's what this is. Red flag number eight. 
uh, I want to see if I'm right by the end here. Given all of the above, how on earth did the FDA claim any benefits at all from this shot? You could probably sit down for this part because it's a doozy. Here's the key sentence. It's from the report. Vaccine effectiveness was inferred by immunobridging SARS-CoV-2 50% neutralizing antibody titers. NT50, that's uh, SARS-CoV-2 MNG micro-neutralization assay. Wait, what? I'll explain. Yeah, I don't know what that is either. So, and I need to get a drink here. I'll explain. There were zero cases of severe COVID-19 in the clinical trial of of children ages 5 to 11. So Pfizer and the FDA just ignored all of the actual health outcomes they had to as there's this there is no emergency, so the application would be moot, right? And these people are on the Pfizer payroll to push this motherfucker through. So that's what they're going to do. Instead, Pfizer switched to looking at antibodies in the blood. In general, antibodies are a poor predictor of immunity. And the antibodies in the blood of those 5 to 11-year-old children tell us nothing because, again, there were zero cases of severe COVID-19 in the study. None in the treatment group, none in the control group. So Pfizer had to get creative. What they came up with is immunobridging. Pfizer looked at the level of antibodies in the blood work of another study, this one involving people 16 to 25 years old, figured out the level of antibodies that seemed to be protective in that population, then figured out how many kids ages 5 to 11 had similar levels of antibodies in their blood. Okay, so they took an older population, brought it back, and kind of made a correlation to the younger the five to 11 that they're trying, they're trying to soft kill here. And then they applied the cases and so the case data and fatality data on top of the five to 11, where they had no hospitalizations or fatalities because it's not dangerous to them. And there is no emergency so that they could fake the numbers. Right. And then they came up with a number for how many cases, hospitalizations, ICU, emissions and deaths would be prevented by this shot in the 5 to 11 population in the future based on the antibody levels and health outcomes from the 16 to 25 year old population. If your head hurts from that tortured logic, it should because it's chicanery and unprecedented in a risk benefit analysis. So when the FDA uses this tortured logic at the beginning of their briefing document, all of the calculations that stem from this will be flat out wrong, not just wrong, but preposterous and criminally wrong. The whole ballgame comes down to pay to table 14 on page 34 of the FDA's risk benefit document. And there are red flags that come fast and furious. I believe this one's number nine. The FDA model only assesses the benefits of vaccine protection in a six month period after completion of two doses. Furthermore, it assumes constant vaccine efficacy during that time period. This is problematic on several counts. I want to read that again and make sure I'm understanding it. The FDA model only assesses the benefits of vaccine protection in a six-month period after completion of two doses. Okay, so again, they're limited to the six-month window when you when this age group is still going to have good protection before it starts degrading and falling off of a cliff and begins uh, attacking their immune system. And actually, I think in this group, the data still showed a slight like 20, 30% advantage even after 40 weeks, but who knows how long that lasts. 
And who knows what other things are going to develop over time. We don't know, right? We don't know. Um, first regarding, okay, so, so six month window and after you've gotten the second dose. So there's people that maybe get sick in the first dose, throw them out and then complete the second dose and what, maybe wait the 14 days where you're going to have all the adverse reactions, throw them out. And then we've got our group is what it is, what it sounds like. I'm not sure if I'm reading that right, but that's how I'm interpreting that. Furthermore, it assumes, and it could be that it's right after the second dose, which is possible too. It's not really clear. Furthermore, it assumes a constant vaccine efficacy during that time period. I don't know why that's, why they would do that. He's saying this is problematic on several counts. First, reducing mild cases in children is not a desired clinical outcome. Dr. Gert Vandenbosch points out mass vaccination turns kids into shedders of more infectious variants. Of course, this doctor that I sent this to, he's got a tweet where he says viral shedding is a myth. It can't happen in, uh, what is it, retroviruses that are not alive. So he lists out the ones where you can have viral shedding, but certainly it's not happening. I guess my response that I had must have been stress or I'm going crazy, as I'm sure he's diagnosed many people, many of the vaccine injured because it's sure as hell can't be the vaccine that he's about to inject his child with, right? Their immunity normally naturally largely protects them and provides a kind of herd immunity in that it dilutes infectious cove pressure at the level of the population, whereas mass vaccination turns them into shedders of more infectious variants. Children, youngsters who get the disease mostly develop mild to moderate disease, and as a result, continue to contribute to herd immunity by developing broad, long-lived immunity. If you are vaccinated and get a disease, you may develop lifelong immunity, but uh, why would you take the risk of getting vaccinated, especially when you're young and healthy? First, there's the risk of potential side effects. Secondarily, there is uh, the ever-increasing risk that your vac vaccinal antibodies will no longer be functional while still binding to the virus, thereby increasing the likelihood of ADE, antibody-dependent enhancement, or even severe disease. Where I, I don't know that we can say we're definitely 100% seeing ADE yet, Although there is a story of a hockey team that I haven't even gotten to. I, only, I didn't even get to put it in the show prep. I'm just so overwhelmed by how much stuff is coming out right now. And I, it's going to be, it's going to be drinking from the fire hose real soon. I got a feeling, but basically if somebody wants to link it up, I'll, I'll bring it up and we can look through it. But there's this hockey team. I believe it's up in Canada. And they have these different leagues and uh, they've been closed down because of the lockdowns. They finally open back up. Everybody's vaccinated that plays. And these are 40s and 50s. And I think there's even a 60s hockey league. Uh, so it's kind of age group appropriate sort of thing. And um, so far, like I think first week open, one person died and 15 are severely ill from COVID. And like they weren't even together, you know, these were different teams playing at different times and in different ice rinks even, and all of them caught COVID or not all of them, but 16 of them. And it killed one and a lot of them are not doing very well. 
this is the challenge that that's a challenge study, right? So maybe they survive this one, but what happens the next one and the next one and the next one? It does not look very good for these people. <sighs> Second, we know that vaccine efficacy in the month after the first dose is negative because it suppresses the immune system and it begins to wane after four months. So all of that, all of the FDA's estimates of vaccine efficacy are inflated. I call them fraud. Third, the harms of myocarditis from these shots will likely unfold over the course of years. Robert Malone, the inventor of the mRNA technology, notes that the FDA is admitting that children will be injected twice a year forever, hence the six-month time frame in the FDA risk-benefit model. But the risks of adverse events, such as cardiomyopathy, will be cumulative. Hmm? Yeah, it's a, it's a playing Russian roulette. Pull the trigger. See if it goes bang. Good luck. Twice a year. So any model that looks at a six-month time frame is hiding the true adverse event rate. Number 10, and I did get it right. How about that? The FDA Pfizer play fast and loose with their estimates of myocarditis. First, they estimate excess, read, caused by the shot, myocarditis using the data from private Optum Health Claim Database instead of public VAERS system. So it's impossible for the public to verify their claims because private data, it's confidential. We can't share it with you. But we're going to give it to the government and use it to justify them force inoculating your children. That's where this is going. Make no mistake. They've already paid for the shots. You heard Biden, right? You think they're just going to let you not inject your kids? What are you going to do? When it comes to estimating how many children with vaccine-induced myocarditis will be hospitalized and admitted to the ICU, they use the vaccine safety data link. Why switch to a different database for those estimates? Finally, there is no explanation of how they calculated excess myocarditis deaths, so they just put a zero. Red flag, red flag, red flag. Zero myocarditis deaths. In unbelievable. It's just, well, I'm going to show you something that says they know they're lying. 100%. In fact, right fucking here. Let's go back to this doctor. Of course, he chose cognitive dissonance then. Good luck, Dave. I hope, because he blocked me right here. And there's his son. He's going to maybe soft kill. Hope your kid gets saline over the soft kill bioweapon. I don't know how I'd forgive myself if I harmed my child out of willful ignorance. And of course, what has come out? Pfizer changed the formulation for 5 to 11-year-old kids right here. They've added to provide a vaccine with improved stability profiles for improved stability. The Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine for use in children 5 to 11 years of age uses trauma thiamine uh, buffer instead of the phosphate buffered saline as used in previous phosphate buffered saline. So this is their mixing agent from the sound of it. If anybody's in healthcare and knows this in comments, would you, can you confirm that for me? Um, as used in previous formulations and excludes sodium chloride and potassium chloride, the package files for the new 
formulation or stored frozen at 90 C. Okay. Blah, blah, blah. Well, what is it? It's used to prevent acidic problems in the blood. The adverse effects may include respiratory depression. So unable to breathe local irritation, tissue inflammation, injection site infection, febrile response, chemical flea, no, whatever that is, venospasm, uh, hypervolemia, IV thrombosis, extravastation with possible necrosis and slogging of tissues, transient decreases in blood glucose concentrations, hypoglycemia, and heptocellular necrosis with infusion, very low-line umbilical venous catheters. See, <laughs> sounds awesome, doesn't it? You know, it's just for extra stability. They added tryptothiamine, a blood acid reducer. What is it actually used for? We know the side effects to stabilize people with heart attacks. So they know what this is about to do to kids. They're lying in the application. There is no emergency. There is no reasonable justification for any of this. Saying the buffer reduces acidity. Okay. Um, and they are trying, they are preventatively basically giving these kids medication for heart attack that brings all sorts of other side effects and who knows what it's going to do to them because there's no trial. This is the trial. And everybody on the board is on the fucking payroll and they have fixed this thing and rigged it. And it is full of red flags after red flag after red flag. And over the course of several years, many of those children will die. Hmm. Let me see. The FDA estimates that there will be 106 extra myocarditis cases per 1 million double jab children, 5 to 11. There are 28 million children, ages 5 to 11 in the U.S. The Biden administration wants to inject Pfizer mRNA shots into all of them and has already purchased enough doses to do just that, even though only one-third of the parents want to jab their kids with this shot. So if the Biden administration has its way, and I wonder what that's going to be after these kids start dropping dead. Think it's going to go up? So if the Biden administration has its way, 106 extra excess myocarditis cases per 1 million times 28 million people would be 3,000. And the course of several years... Many of these children will die. Dr. Anthony Hinton, a consultant surgeon with 30 years experience in the NHS, National Health Service, points out that myocarditis has a 20% fatality rate after two years and a 50% fatality rate after five years. So they send these, they tell these kids, oh, it's mild and we got to get you recovered. And well, the truth is most of them are going to die. Most of them won't be here in three years and five years and 10 years. So the FDA has it backwards. They want to prevent mild COVID in children, which, which reduces herd immunity and then just flat out lie about the harms from myocarditis while introducing a heart attack medication as a preventative into the vaccine that's not a vaccine. I've taken the liberty to correct the FDA's table. So we put together data 1500 excess deaths in year five 13 or 
3,000 in, uh, in the first wave, 600 in the year two, and 1,500 in year five. And it goes into VARES and so forth, uh, being only capturing 1% to 10% of the total cases because it's such a crap system. The Pfizer vaccine fails any honest risk-benefit assessment in connection with its use in children age 5 to 11. The FDA's risk-benefit analysis, the one, you know, this doctor read, is shoddy. It's used tortured logic that would be rejected by any proper academic journal or, you know, people not on Pfizer's fucking payroll, the, the big drug cartel. The FDA briefing document is a work of fiction, and it must be withdrawn immediately. If the FDA continues with this grotesque charade, it will cause irreparable harms to children and the FDA leadership will one day be prosecuted for crimes against humanity. Yeah. And those crimes include the death penalty. Want to share your concerns with members of the VRBPAC? Here's a link to an article with additional context and all of their contact information. Oh, wait, no, there's another red flag. Damn it, maybe. No, it's, this is an update. This is number 11. Quiet in the peanut gallery. An astute reader pointed out that on page 14, the FDA explains that Pfizer has changed the ingredients in their mRNA vaccine. Okay, this is what we've talked about. Uh, I'm deeply skeptical. This is the trypto uh, or tromoethamine. I'm deeply skeptical of this account. I doubt it has anything to do with an improved sta- stability profile. Yeah. And invite others to weigh in on this. I also recall that uh, traumothiamine has a long and troubled history and invite readers to dig into this further. Okay, so he's going to look into it more. That's Hong Yang, a biologist, and Richard Forshby, uh, associate director of, I don't know, a bunch of organizations. So anyway, there is contact here. So write these people, call them out. Let them know we know what they're doing. Let them know we know that they're lying to us. There they are. There's Woodcock, contact information, Peter Marks. This is all publicly available information. These are public officials. You have absolutely the right to write them letters, to call them on the phone, to send them emails. And here's all of their contact information. Here, let me slow it down. So those of you that just want to copy something or pick up the phone tomorrow when you're watching this video, and call these people and let them know what you think of what they're doing. There's the first three. There's the next three and a half. There's three more. There's three more. Take a minute and do this, please. Children are going to die for these lies. And the more we bring this out into the public awareness, the more deaths we can prevent. Let these people know that we know. Let these people know that lying like this and being on the Pfizer payroll may seem like a good idea, but it doesn't end well for them. Three more. Oh, there's, these are editors. Associate Director for Vaccine Policy. Yep. Reach out to these people, folks. This is a travesty. It's going to be 
Can you imagine the parents that are going to lose their children to this for ignorance? For ignorance. And also, if somebody could, um, so I tweeted out this. I added this to my tweet here, but this guy's blocked me, so he won't see it. Um, if one of you that doesn't mind getting blocked by this loser would take this tweet right here, this B Lady 17 tweet about the breaking report that, that they're adding this chemical and, and tag the doctor in that so that he will see it and he'll probably block you. But, I, you know, I want this guy to have every opportunity to save one of his kids. So please do that as well. Okay. Uh, so what are they doing to push this, you know, to, I'm sorry, to um, ensure that there's informed consent and there's no coercion and these people are voluntarily accepting this shot? Well, Leanna Bell. So I just got a call from the Ontario government asking me to book a COVID shot. I declined and asked to be removed from the call list. Dude says, quote, sure. Can I get your name and number? And she says, well, you called me to which he says he'll remove me, but he has to report it to the local police. <laughs> what did she do? She picked up the phone and called the local police, non-emergency line, and the officer who picked up immediately let out a, oh, what the fuck? She informed me that they do not have, that they have nothing to do with this issue and to disregard it, next level fear mongering and intimidation and threats. These are war crimes. What they are doing are crimes against humanity and people will be put to death for this. Yes, this is where this ends up. Make no mistake. Okay, let's look at the armed services in the U.S. What's about to happen there? It's from Zero Hedge, the deadline looming for the U.S. Air Force personnel. Many thousands are still refusing, according to the latest reports. Uh, for many at this point, it's also too late to receive both jabs by next Tuesday, the November 2nd deadline. Other branches, like the Navy, have deadlines coming later in November, but the Air Force will be the test case, right? They didn't want to force it out all at once so they can adjust and you know capture some more. Get some more injured and unable to fight here in a few months. Up to 12,000 Air Force personnel are still declining the vaccine. Good for you guys. Y'all are heroes. Hang in there. If we have any sort of military left after this, it will be because of you people. Causing alarm within the top chain of command who are worried it will impact force readiness, particularly as some forces in key positions face discharge over their VAX refusal. The fact that it's a choice leading to potential loss of readiness is striking. <laughs> Yeah, well, what do you think is going to happen when the vaccinated start getting sick and dying and are unable to fight? And that's 90% of your force, morons. Short of full discharge, those refusing the mandate could be charged under the Uniform Code of Military Justice, right? Because this is informed consent and, uh, you know, these people aren't being pressured. That If they were, that would be a war crime, punishable by death to, uh, you know, persuade, not persuade, but intimidate, threaten, harass these people. When it comes to the Air Force especially, there's a risk of losing pilots and technicians, people in elite and highly skilled positions, meaning 
They can't just replace those people. They need years of school. And they've sunk a lot of money into them. The Air Force is the third largest military service at 324,000. So even a small percentage in the ranks can be substantial. If all, this is from the AFP, uh, if all the services take the same hard line that the Navy is taking, it risks losing as many as 46,000 troops, though presumably more will accept the vac vaccinations before the deadline. Yeah. Hmm. And someone's saying if they admit 12,000, it's probably double that. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but that's, that's possible too. And it's not like they've been honest and upfront throughout this process at all. Love this. Ice Cube will no longer star in Oh Hell No. And I suggest we boycott Oh Hell No as well and don't go watch it. For Sony, after declining a request from producers to get the COVID-19, he was set to be paid $9 million. Now, it's a lot easier to give up $9 million when you already have $9 million in your bank account, but I imagine he's still wishing that he could have gotten that money. But he's not willing to risk his life. And that's what it's come down to. That's why there's so many people saying no to these. We're not hesitant. We've decided. We're not taking your shot. Your move. Now, this was interesting. This is in uh, New York, in the Bronx, one of the neighborhoods, one of the neighborhoods up there. And there's all this trash piling up on the street. And, uh, this is far, and I'm saying this and far more is what's coming to all aspects of life. And you can see there's just trash bags piled up on the sidewalk. Nobody's coming to get them. Things we used to take for granted no longer being available because the people used that, who used to do them were vaccinated. Over the coming years, many of them will no longer be with us. So what happens? Well, we don't get trash service maybe like we do today. You can't get somebody to work on your car because the mechanics were vaccinated. You can't get stuff in the stores because the ship captains and airline pilots are all vaccinated. And they're not flying anymore. So that's what we, this is what we kind of focused on last night or not last night, but the last show. Life is going to change in some big ways. And this is yet another one. This is why these cities are going to be deserts. They're going to be death if it gets bad enough because there won't be the constant import of food and resources that get consumed by these cities. And there won't be the people around to do the services necessary to maintain the cities. So think about it, folks. Think about it. Of course, there's a, uh, this is William pointing this out. America's here in San Diego, America's finest city, no longer trash, sewage, homeless drug users leads to a Shingela outbreak in San Diego County. Some kind of, I don't know, six new Shingela cases associated with an ongoing outbreak have been reported in San Diego County, bringing the total, total to 23 confirmed. Nice. Nice. Yeah, what a lovely place it must be down there. Well, we've got another casualty in the war against the CCP in the silent, undeclared war. 
raging around and she's a victim. The Jovita Moore was diagnosed with brain cancer just 10 days after getting the second dose of the jab back in April. And today she passed away. She's 52 years old. There's her picture. She worked at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Here's the 11 hour old announcement. All of us at the Atlanta Motor Speedway are deeply saddened to hear about uh, the passing of Jovita Moore. And of course you can see down here, there's her getting the shot. They love to talk about how they're you know, doing it to save the community and this and that. I'm fully vaxxed. You can catch me outside. Haha. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's not funny now, is it, Jovita? Seriously, when I'm fully vaccinated, I still plan to wear a mask in most public places, continue to wash my hands diligently and often, and social distance, especially around people I don't know. Those dirty, unwashed, unvaccinated, right? They're the danger. But it's good to have a choice. If you're undecided about getting a vaccine, maybe this will help you make your decision. It sure has, Jovita. It sure has. I was in and out in less than an hour both days. The, <laughs> the needle stung just a little. And I had no side effects. Well, not yet, anyway. But they came, didn't they? I'm still looking for any that might pop up. But so far, nothing. I'm excited to get together with my other friends who've had their shots. Mm, that's a good idea. Because they're harboring variants that have been bumping around their immune system. And maybe they'll give you one of those. I'm excited to travel again and definitely excited about being out and about and not fearing I'm going to get sick just because someone coughs in the same room. Maybe you never should have been afraid of that, Jovita. Maybe they manufactured that fear to get you to take this soft kill bioweapon and you fell for it. This pandemic is not yet over, but getting the vaccine will certainly move it closer to an end. If you have any questions, I'm happy to answer them. Well, I guess you won't be answering anymore, will you? <sighs> no, I'm not staying in my bubble. Only seeing other vaccinated friends for a minute. Still going to wear a mask, blah, blah, blah. It was Pfizer's vaccine. So what did she get? Uh, this rare, ultra rare and unusual, extremely rare and unusual cancer, brain cancer. And at that stage doesn't happen in 10 days, someone's saying the actual tumor doubling times of malignant glaucomas or gliomas range from 15 to 21 days. This doubled in 10 days. Average 19.5 plus or minus two days. It doesn't blow up into stage five with uh, metastasis in 10 days. And that's what happened. That's what she was diagnosed with. How did this happen? It was the vaccine dummy. She's a casualty of war. Of course, remember Deborah, the hospital internist PA? What did she tell us? If it's going to play. Come on. Ah. Oh, come on, Twitter. I don't think it's going to cooperate here. I might have to refresh. But if you remember, she basically... I've actually talked to oncologists. Uh, ...was somebody that 
whose cancer came back in, from remission and, and, and rapidly killed the individual. I mean, she, it, it, was, it was kind of crazy. They, they I don't know, the, the cancer was in remission, going about your life, and then all of a sudden, wham, it's back, and it's back with a vengeance to the point. Ten days later, and you're dying, right? You're, you have now a life-threatening cancer that's inoperable. Point, they couldn't get the patient on treatment quick enough, and it killed the patient. And that's happened quite a few times. Really? Um, it, very noticeable. And not just myself, but even by our oncology colleagues. I actually okay. called um, one of our oncologists about this particular. Of course, what does Dr. Ryan Cole tell us from his lab results of doing these biopsies that he's getting back in his 80-employee laboratory, the largest in Idaho that serves 12 states? He's seen massive, I think it's a 20x increase in in, in detrimyl cancers. I, I'm saying that wrong, but I, some of you will maybe know what I mean. Um, he's having doctors that have been doctors for decades telling him, what is this? I've never seen this cancer in my entire career. What could be causing it? And well, he sends him a study about the vaccine switching off the immune system. Why? So they, they could slip the mRNA into the cell. Do they turn it back on? What do you think? What does the data show? They know what they're doing. They did this intentionally. This is a calling of the human race. And it's time you wake up and start standing up. Listen to this load of bullshit. Consideration is whether uh, the Pfizer mRNA vaccine may be able in some fashion to reduce transmission uh, of coronavirus infection. It was alluded to in your slides as likely, or, or maybe I'm paraphrasing something along those lines. What data does Pfizer have, not just in this age group, but other age groups at this point in time, uh, to demonstrate uh, an impact on transmission? Within the 1007 trial, we did not specifically look at the potential for uh, asymptomatic disease and therefore the potential for transmission in that setting. Um, however, uh, we are well aware, and I think the committee is well aware, there's a great deal of real-world evidence that supports that vaccination impacts transmission in adults. And so the notion really is that by virtue of showing a non-inferior immune response um, from children to adults where we demonstrated efficacy, as well as the high level of efficacy. You see what, what we're being, uh, the load of bullshit we're being given right now. This is what we just read in the article. Well, I mean, we, we compared adults and applied the adults numbers onto the kids. We don't actually have data. So we're just making this shit up. The reason we separate into the age groups is because it affects them differently, but we're just going to use an older age group so that we can justify the emergency because all of us here on the Pfizer payroll, we want to ram this motherfucker through and we want to soft kill your children and we want to get these shots going into kids' arms and watch them start dropping dead. ...that we demonstrated in the 1007 study that it's reasonable to expect that there will be some reduction in transmission for those people having, uh, children having asymptomatic disease uh, or the potential for asymptomatic uh, spread. Oh, crap. My space has died. Whoops.
<laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, I'm just going to start it. There you go. Apologize. I don't know what happened there. Um, but I've got that back going. And unmuted as well. Okay. So that's exactly what we just read. They have no data. That's what I said about it. Reasonable to expect. It's reasonable to expect when we take this other age group that has a problem and apply it to this one that doesn't, that we have no data for because nobody got sick, hospitalized, or died in the trial because it just really doesn't happen with this age group because there's no emergency so that we could invent an emergency to justify the emergency use authorization. This is another fraud. And these agencies are compromised. These boards are compromised. The administration, the Biden and the government and so forth, also all compromised. Oh, and let me silence this, sorry. Okay. So again, just showed you contact information addresses for these people. Let them know. Let your voice be heard. Write them, email them, call them. If every one of you that watches this picked up the phone or sent an email, took two minutes, they would be flooded with calls. Okay. Yeah, that was the right one. <clears throat> Let's see. I know we covered some of this yesterday. We just uh, read the red flag one. This was the other part. There's another hidden thing in here, right? Um, blood tests for heart damage from vaccine-induced myocarditis show 10 to 100 times the damage from a natural COVID infection, right? So there's another problem with the FDA's analysis and saying, well, these cases are mild, not when it's from the vaccine. When somebody catches COVID and has myocarditis, yes, it is very mild. But when they get myocarditis from the vaccine, 10 to 100 times worse. This is Dr. Peter Mercola. Now they are, of course, erasing him and destroying his legacy, but he is actually an expert on this topic. He's one of the most published authors, doctors out there. He's worked at Baylor. He's been a, you know, just this laundry list resume. He knows what he's talking about. Listen to what he's saying here. Usually those sick enough to be in the ICU and it's a troponin elevation only. It's very different than the myocarditis that we're seeing with the vaccines, which we'll get to. Uh, the myocarditis in COVID-19 is mild. It's inconsequential and it's largely a troponin elevation. I don't want anybody to think that the myocarditis of the natural infection is anything like what we're seeing with the vaccines. Exactly. The vaccine produces the inflammatory type process. Is on the heart and the vaccine is directly there now there's preclinical studies suggesting the lipid nanoparticles actually go right into the heart the heart expresses the spike protein the body attacks the heart there are dramatic ekg changes the troponin the blood test for heart injury with the vaccine myocarditis is 
is 10 to 100 folds higher than the troponin we see with the natural infection. It's a totally different syndrome about when the kids get myocarditis after the vaccine, 90% have to be hospitalized. They have dramatic EKG changes, chest pain, early heart failure. They need echocardiograms. If the ejection fraction is low, they need medications to prevent heart failure. So vaccine-induced myocarditis is a big deal. And in children, it's way more serious and more prominent than a post-COVID myocarditis. So maybe we can segue into some of these other vaccine injury syndromes. Yes, let's go. Let's go. Usually, oh, sorry, muted. Yes, yes, I, I can hear it now because it's not coming through the speakers. Um, what did I say there? So he went through and just showed us that. Well, no. Here, let me just play it again. Well, they need medications to prevent heart failure. So vaccine. No worries, Peter. They have put the medication right into the vaccine. So, you know, because the, the drug cartel criminals running Pfizer and uh, on the payroll of the Pfizer board, you know, on the FDA advisory panel, those compromised people, they're humane. So they're just putting the heart medication right in with the vaccine. So they're treating the people as soon as they give them the, the soft kill bioweapon because they're such great guys. Induced myocarditis is a big deal. And in children, it's way more serious and more prominent than a post-COVID myocarditis. Maybe we can segue into some of these other vaccine injury syndromes. Yes. So... That's uh, Dr. Peter McCullough, excellent, you know, just really well-read, knows, is kind of the most published doctor on this topic. So get your, get your five to 11 year olds down to CVS and Walgreens. Yeah. Sounds great. Doesn't it? So this is yet another way that the drug companies are hiding the truth and obfuscating the, the data. to push this thing out that's going to kill these kids. I mean, that's really what it's about. Listen to this. Joe Biden! Fuck Joe Biden! Let's go. Brandon is getting very, very popular with the normies. <laughs> Look at this. Another one. Don't go running after you get the injection, people. Woman collapsed and died on road 30 minutes after second dose of vaccine. She's, I guess, walking home. Incident took place Friday morning in uh, some, this obviously not the lady because this happened in India, it sounds like. Yeah. So got the shot, waited the 15 minutes, got up, walked home, and found her dead. Remember the video of the army people that were all laid out on the floor because they went for a run after getting the shot? Oh, that was fake news though, right? The fact checkers also on the, on the actual fucking Pfizer board tells us that's false news. <laughs> but don't worry. <laughs> They're creating a new propaganda ministry, the Ministry of Truth, who is going to, uh, what is it, 
coalesce the efforts of all the big social medias to push the disinformation agents telling the non-approved narrative to the normies right off the internet, right off the payment networks, right off the ability to have a job, to travel, to get on a bus or a train, to eat in a restaurant. Do you not see how much control they are taking over society, over the individual? There has never been a greater threat to our freedom and liberty than what's happening right now. Fucking do something. Okay. Like this. So every organ. What's up, everybody? We are leaving beautiful. This guy, ego needs. He needs to get out of ego a little bit, but he does. He is an awesome awesome activist and does some great things. Lona en route to Chilliwack, October 29th. Tomorrow is the Rosa Parks Challenge. So every organizer around Canada, have your people meet as they normally do in every town and city across the country. Have them come in costume and then have them <laughs> occupy peacefully, quietly, yes. every public transit vehicle they can without a mask and without disclosing their vaccination status and simply sit and quietly demand their civil rights. Ladies and gentlemen, you already saw they're ready for this or they think they are, but they're not. So let's do it. Let's make an example. Let's show them what United Noncompliance can do. Excellent idea. Right. And a lot of people don't know about Rosa Parks. They don't, they think, She's just a woman on her way home from work and uh, she was tired and wanted to sit down on the bus that day. No, no, they handpicked her. There were a couple other contestants, one of them in a simulation, the girl spit in the guy's face. <laughs> so she was out. They found another one. She wasn't quite right. They found Rosa. They set the whole thing up. They wanted to craft the perfect situation where she's just peacefully, calmly, respectfully declining to comply, to obey. And that's kind of what he's urging. And I think those of you that are considering doing this stuff, I hope you all think about that because it does make a difference. It's very easy to get caught up in the emotions of what's going on. It's happened to me as an activist. It's kind of just a growing process that you got to go through. I've seen it a lot over the years. A kid like got right next to a cop yelled in his ear. It's on one of my old OTN videos because he was arresting people for cannabis. Um, and it, you know, he went way too far. Uh, so staying calm, peaceful, non-cooperation, I think is an effective tool like the picnics. And this is a little more aggressive, sure. At the same time, we have to do something. They're coming for our kids. 
And this was great news. A new airline starting up with all the pilots and flight attendants who were walking out on mandates. They are getting huge investors and starting a whole new travel model based on total sovereignty and medical freedom. Awesome. Of course, the government's going to come in and try and put them out of business, prevent them from getting licensed, right? Because the government controls so many aspects of society. They centralize and um, attack the ones who are resistant to government and reward the ones who are compliant. Oh, Delta, you fired all the unvaccinated. Here, let's give you a new contract. Let's let you loot the public till a little more. And maybe you can get me a consulting gig a few years from now when I'm out, you know, on my own in the private industry. 250 grand a year, 10 years, sound good to you? Yeah, okay, great, thanks. I'll do that remotely. No, I don't need to be on any calls. I mean, you just call me if you need me. These people are robbing us blind. And now that their money's no good, they just want to kill us off. So that there's less of a problem to deal with when they remake society in this dystopian nightmare that they want your kids to be indoctrinated into. My lights are still not here. I'm, I, I'm, uh, if anybody knows on eBay, like it's been 21 days and I sent the guy an email. I'm like, Hey man, where's you got a shipping update? It's been, two weeks now since you shipped them to Florida instead of Texas where I live. (laughs) And he's like, he still didn't have an answer. So I don't want to cancel the order and screw him. But at the same time, I don't want to get screwed by eBay. If this guy's scamming me or something, who knows? I don't think so, but everything's crazy. In fact, Let's talk about that. So I've had all these shipping issues happening here. This was a package that uh, started off at a sort facility in Texas and then went to another place in Texas and then went back to where it came from. And then it went to my town, my little town. And then it went off a couple hours away to Louisiana. And then it came back to my town. And then I think it went to Coppell. And then to another town, to my town, and then I eventually got it. (laughs) That's what happened here. And of course, now I've got another package. Like, this is not even the the lights for the cabinet back here. This is another package that is missent. It's like two out of the last three have had shipping problems. And I'm telling you, oh, and they figured out what happened with this one. It's uh, it's right here. inform you there's been a problem with 
your package <laughs> with your generator. Uh, um, I uh, actually, this guy right here is Dooner is he works for this freight waves company, which is, I, I'm guessing they're kind of like an information broker for transportation industry and they cover, you know, land, sea and air, whether it's train, uh, truck, boat, airplane, they have information on it. And he, he does a podcast. They put out daily videos. So I've invited him uh, to come on and talk through logistics. I want to go over like uh, what we can expect, what he's seen, some of the horror stories maybe. I don't know. We're, I think it's going to be a good check. That, that's going to be in a couple weeks. I'll send out a tweet about it. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that because, yes, the, the cracks are starting to show in the shipping world and they have been for a long time, but it's, it's, it's reaching, I think a breaking point and I'm kind of real curious as to what, what insights they're going to have for, for this. So he really should have let his real, just turn the real loose and let it fall on the ship at that point. When you start lifting off the ground, you get your load off. Oh, well. So, Okay, that's what I got. Uh, if you guys want to chat, let me... Okay, we've got someone that wants to talk. Ian C. I'm going to bring you in here in just a second. All right, if you unmute, you have the floor, Ian. What's going on? <laughs> hey, Sam. Just wanted to say thank you for what, uh, what you bring to the community here. I've been listening to you for many years, actually, at least two two plus years when you began talking about XRP and crypto. Mm -hmm. I'm just curious where you see everything kind of going, kind of merging together into the political and as well as the crypto sphere and where this is all going. Um, I kind of think I know where it's going, but I'm curious to see where you think it's going because I haven't, we haven't really kind of put all these pieces together. I think it would be good to hear. Okay. Where you think it's let me, let me address, address that. Uh, so, I think we're coming to a point where fiat money is dying and in the process, um, crypto is this alternative that's never existed before. So previously, like, you know, if you look at the other regimes, like what Venezuela has done, they rolled out the Boulevard Fuente, the strong dollar, right? Because you only get one for every 10 of the old one. And that's typically how they move out of hyperinflation is just, We'll just sh shove another fiat currency down their throat and repeat this cycle. Well, now there's plan B, which is crypto, and you can move your money in there, and you've got companies like Ripple and others and DeFi creating these alternatives while simultaneously building the bridges between these worlds, between the traditional banking world and the crypto worlds. And, and increasingly, you've got the corporations in there, you know, Facebook and whatever, doing these kind of Custody-based solutions, yes, but at the same time bringing uh, crypto to the masses and raising awareness. And it's, uh, you know, I hope it's not something like Linux that never really takes off with consumers because it never has gotten to that user-friendly interface kind of thing to where, like, I have my mom on one of these on a Raspberry Pi and, and there's so much stuff that I can't do with it. I may have to just get her a little windows box to use in the, you know, I've got a monitor on an arm in the back bedroom. Um, where am I getting off to? Okay. 
so we have this alternative and it's moving towards widespread adoption with the normies. And you have government uh, reaching like peak largesse here and peak corruption and peak deception. And they're getting to the point where they want to tell you two plus two is five and you say correct or you get unplugged from society. Like that's, I think, where they're trying to go. Um, we're going to go through hyperinflation. I think we're going to see, and I, I used to talk about that a little bit in some of the old crypto shows uh, that I did the first three years. And um, the kind of piece of the equation that I really didn't have was this whole die off of the vaccinated that I think is underway. And, uh, you know, we don't know how severe it's going to get, how it's going to roll out, how long it will take to play out. But we have, you know, Cliff's data that talks about this massive first wave this year, uh, and through the, through the winter and then successive waves, you know, three, three years, I think that's going to be so disruptive. And I tried to cover it in the last show and a little bit, you know, with the trash service, that's just another example. That's immediately what popped into my mind. Yeah. We're not even going to have, you know, we might not even have trash service. And then you've got all these people in the cities, like, what do they do? And there was a tweet from Tracy, this girl in Florida, that's uh, working a, a boat show where they're in, in, I forget what town, but has all these yachts and is taking pictures and so forth. And, one of them's got a uh, Legrand helicopter landed on the top deck. It's like, oh man, wouldn't it be awesome to fly in on a helicopter, land on that ship and go. But I'm thinking like at the same time, look at how much trouble they're having just getting parts. Uh, if you have a, the, the guy at the auto parts store told me if it's newer than 2017, we can't get parts. My brother's new Denali HD is in the shop for weeks. I'm, he's got a, loaner truck that they gave him to haul his equipment back from new from Louisiana and uh, so forth. And it's like you could have all these toys and all the money, but without the systems to maintain them, life's going to be very different and it's going to be very hard to, um, to have a lot of these things because you can't get parts for them or it's just going to be more expensive you know, it, I think society's going to have to go through this process um, that's going to be pretty painful for three or four years. Um, I think it's going to be time to move out to the country. A lot of my listeners are doing that and they're cashing out some crypto profits now uh, just so that they can get away from this tyranny and get to a little bit safer location. Uh, and it's kind of why I stopped focusing on crypto when I saw where this was going and, uh, and tell people all the time, if you have crypto and you don't have six months worth of food, bare minimum, you're doing it wrong. You have crypto and you don't have a little bit of gold and silver. You're doing it wrong. Um, I think, you know, eventually we're going to, and we're seeing it with these self-organizing collectives like this airline, 
like all of these alternative media sites, Rumble and, and BitChute and Library and uh, Theta and so forth. We've got all of these great options out there now because the current system is failing. And um, we're going to see more and more of that. And eventually, uh, my hope is, okay, well, and the other component to that is government loses the power to coin money, right? So I don't know if I have, yeah, I don't have that quote up. And I don't think I have it here, but it's a Hayek quote from 1984 about we have to take the power of to print and coin money away from the government. We got to do it through some sly roundabout way. That's crypto, right? So without fiat and the ability to steal a value by printing more without any accompanying value and they just sap it from the value in circulation. Um, without that, they won't be able to fund their endless wars. They won't be able to fund their two, two or $4 trillion military, whatever it is. Um, they won't be able to fund all of these programs. So it's like th that system's going to collapse and, we, uh, there, there's two paths I think we could take here. We could let some unaccountable bureaucratic organization maintain power and control. And we end up uh, passing this problem on to our kids to deal with and, and, and their kids and their kids to deal with in another 200 years or whatever, or we can actually evolve as a species and reorganize society. So like part of me doing crypto was to raise awareness and get people to have the resources. Right. So, uh, you know, I was to, from the Lambos hookers and blow group, the guy that I was talking about that the other day that has the R eight and, and all that. Um, he was talking with some other anarchist who was like, how can you have ripple? And, uh, that's the banker's coin and this and that, da, 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 da. And he, you know, I think I, I said to him, look, you, you can have your principles and be right and be poor and do what you can do, or you can recognize that's what it is. And you can ride the coattails of the bankers, and then you can hop off and use those resources to affect change in the world in a positive direction. And I hope that that's what you guys do. Um, I hope that you've got the food, you've got the precious metals, gold and silver, you've got, uh, you know, supplies to uh, maybe a location, a community, because that's what it's going to take. We're going to, the world's going to become a very small place, I think, um, for, for a few years. And eventually the complexity will start building back. And my hope for it is that it's built back by these independent autonomous organizations that choose whatever level of transparency is appropriate for them. And we have other organizations that will, that are like rating organizations like universal laboratories that make sure everything that gets sold at major retailers that plugs into the wall is safe and not going to catch customers houses on fire. Right. Um, and I think we could have that for medical practices for, uh, you know, we could figure out a way to, it's not the government that builds the roads now. They just have the, the forced funding model. 
Um, of course, flying cars are becoming a thing now. Are we even going to still need all of that old infrastructure? What happens when the new technology comes out from the sort of secrets revealed? Because right now, the U.S. government has all of this free energy and anti-gravity technology and, and maglev and on and on. It's kept secret by paying lots of bribes. And when the dollar fails, when the fiat fails, those bribes cease. And what we saw in the Soviet Union is those secrets are now for sale, right? So that's an important um, aspect to recognize as well, that through this three, four-year transition, and really 10 years, um, but I think three or, we've probably got three or four hard years ahead of us. Uh, uh, through that process, um, I hope that we evolve instead of making these, instead of revolve, we don't need a revolution. We need an evolution. And so that's kind of my, how I see the landscape. Um, who's going to survive the banks, maybe some of them, um, it's really, it, I, I don't know. It's so hard to say because there's just, it's going to be so chaotic. And uh, I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities as well to help people rebuild, to create these, to fill these vacuums. And you guys in crypto are going to have the, uh, the resources to do that, right? That's, that's kind of what I think. You want to... Well, Thank you. Yeah, I and things need to move, move a little more local. I think is is part of it exactly. too. Like get away from national, more local. Um, right. But do, I think speaking on behalf of anyone here that's in crypto, and a lot of people probably follow you because of XRP. Just appreciate everything that you've done for the community, and uh, thank you for taking the time. All right, you're welcome, Ian. Have a great night. You too. Okay. Let's go to the chat. If you guys have questions, you can uh, you can throw them in. Use asterisks like Shaw XRP did. I made a few of you guys there on Twitch moderators. Shaw XRP, you're one of them now. So is uh, I don't know. I think I, I added three more. So that way, if we get and and I don't care if people want to disagree or say negative things or whatever. If they're just being really hostile or rude or spamming the channel and Let's time them out, warn them, and kick them if you have to. But hopefully people can wise up. Uh, hockey team story. Okay, thank you. Yeah, let's, let's look at that real quick. <clears throat> yeah, there's just there's so much happening right now. It's uh, Part of it was I only had an hour... And I spent about an hour and a half on show prep, but still there was so much that I went through today that I was just blown away. It is really coming fast and furious as this thing, uh, what I think is happening is we're accelerating and it's breaking out more and more into the mainstream. So I want you to, I want you to listen to this because there's some emotional language in here that I think Cliff would, would take note of as well. COVID-19 sweeps through Newmarket Men's Hockey League. 15 sick, uh, Oro Metanite resident dead, and questions remain over how virus spread so far and wide. Let me blow this up a little bit. So there's a couple of the hockey players. 
So these are, again, they have leagues for uh, various age groups. Um, it's just strange, Muse uh, Brian Dunn of Thornhill. 15 guys who played separate nights, different change rooms, days apart, one tragic death. We vacillate between absolutely pissed off and sad. I lost my best friend. Dunn knows for certain that what happened to him when he returned to play with the Midas 3-on-3 League September 30th. The over-50 league plays on Mondays and Thursdays at the Stellar Drive Rink. Four teams, eight players each, two games each evening on one of two modified ice pads. So two different rinks. There's some separation here, right, is what they're saying. The league had just resumed play September 27th after the pandemic shut things down in March 2020. So this was about a month ago. Uh, Dunn did not play the first day, but he was on the ice Thursday, as was his buddy Gary Weston of Oromedite. That's the guy that died, Metanite, who uh, sat beside him in the dressing room. It was a chance to get back to normal. That's what they all talk about because that's the lie, the propaganda that they were sold. And it felt that that way until Sunday when the sore throat and headaches began. On Tuesday, Dunn said Weston tested positive for COVID-19, and on Wednesday, his own results came back positive. Turns out some of the players had also been feeling ill, ill, and several who'd played on Monday night were sick too. Craig Adelam, one of the league organizers, said news of the COVID-19 outbreak began trickling in from players who had been on the ice September 27th, 30th, and October 4th. I suggested we pull the plug on this before it goes any further. Uh, sh- play shut down for two weeks. York, uh, anyway, at least 10 of the guys were basically bedridden for most of the time. It wasn't just like sniffles or anything like that, right? So in some cases, players tested negative and later positive mm-hmm, because it's the vaccine making them sick, not COVID. And these tests are a joke anyway, right? So, uh, let's see, because many of the men play with multiple groups, three more new market Aurora leagues that play elsewhere in York region shut down as the virus spread the five on five leagues for over 35, over 50, over 60. I didn't know 60 year olds played hockey, man. I'm double vaxxed. Nothing can happen to me as we can see in our league, 30% got infected. And unfortunately Gary took the brunt of it. So a third of the vaccinated just got sick and not like mild symptoms, really sick, bedridden. And then what happens when the next one comes along and it hits them harder? Their option is to just, hmm. well, their option is to learn what they can do to protect themselves. Take NAC, hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin. Start repairing some of the damage, niacin, uh, melatonin flushes. And take, you know, good quality multivitamins to try and repair, see if their immune system will bounce back. That's their best option. The options they're going to be presented with is, well, you get the booster shot. It's Russian roulette that's going to kill you. Or... uh, You die. A lot of us are confused. Rick Garsdale said, we're filled with all kinds of emotions, including anger. So they're starting to wake up. And this is what I've talked about. 
it's going to go bananas for a while, folks, as these people realize they're the walking dead. And it's a matter of time before their number's up, they're going to punch somebody's clock for them. I think. I think we're going to see a lot of that. I think I've got that thing turned too high and it's overheating or something. Anyway, those are about to come out and be replaced. If those lights ever show up, who knows? I think they're at the maybe at the bottom of the ocean at this point. As a family in and respect his wishes, he will be removed from life support. Let's see, Gary, oh, listen here. This is from his daughter on Facebook. Gary had a severe stroke while fighting the pneumonia caused by COVID. No, sweetie. The vaccine damaged his heart by causing his body to produce spike proteins. When he's out playing hockey and getting exercise, he's circulating that all over. It's being created in his heart, which is pumping out these toxic spike proteins, which are the pathogenic element in the COVID uh, virus. So those are causing inflammation and scarring and tissue death in his heart and his lungs and other places, other organs. And uh, he had a stroke because of that. And he didn't have pneumonia. He had an immune response to the vaccine that was making him sick because it's a chemical injection designed to induce illness via synthetic pathogen. So it's really sad. And there's, there's going to be scores and scores of these stories. So uh, get ready. Okay, we had a couple people uh, jump on wanting to speak. Uh, Soldier Kahav, Kalahav, tell us your name. <laughs> Are you there? Oh, I got Just you. Just a muted. quick question. Hold on. Tell, tell us your oh, name sorry. again. I had you muted. It was my bad. Soji. 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 Okay. What's on your mind? Um, just a, a follow-up, I guess, to the, the previous uh, individual who, who you were talking to. Um, so, so what do you, like, when the brunt of this um, goes down, Mm-hmm. What will society look like? Will we still have jobs? Will we go to work every day? Like, you know, when you talk about having six months of food, mm-hmm. some metals, some crypto, things of that nature. But like, um, you know, will will people still be going to work or will most of these corporations and businesses uh, no longer be able to function? Like, uh like I, let's say some of the bigger companies like the Cisco's or the, you know, Google's or whatever, like what, what will happen to these? I mean, they're going to be in an environment where um, the currency that they deal in their, their unit of account is no longer a unit of account because it's hyperinflating. Um, it's no longer, it's losing all the properties and it's what's holding everything together. Um, I would say, you know, look to what happened in Weimar Republic, Weimar Germany, because I think there's going to be some parallels there. And um, I think there will be companies that survive. Uh, I, I talk about, you know, recognize that the paradigm has changed. The people who will not just uh, survive, but will thrive are the people who recognize that the old paradigm is dying and that 
the floodgates are open to, you know, it's going to be the wild west of uh, decentralized society. And I think that's the right. kind of thing that we're facing. So, so we're kind of like in the, in the ninth inning here, I would say, right. Yeah. If these companies haven't recognized what is happening at this point in the game, like how will they be able to recoup or even pick up the pieces if they haven't already been preparing? Uh, like, like yeah. Surely, I mean, a lot of it, surely, a lot of it's just going to fall apart because, and, that, and that's why I want to talk to the logistics guy, because how do you pay employees if you don't have the raw materials for them to produce the goods that you're paying them to produce so that, that you're profiting on and sharing the profits with them through their salaries? You can't. Right. right. So like, uh, so much of it is going to fall away just because of the sheer logistical challenges of losing the global shipping network, losing the global air network, uh, you know, losing, you know, 40% or 20% or 80% of uh, rail car capacity or, you know, something like that. Right. The, the, the That's also why I like the whole Atlas Shrugged movies or, you know, the book for those of you that like to read. But there's a three-part uh, movie that kind of takes you through this process, right? And it shows you how this society could evolve. And that's something I it's worth watching. I think it's out on Amazon for those of you that are Prime members. Any other thoughts? And one other question. Uh, one other question. Uh, I don't want to take up too much of your time. What do you think will happen... Um, to the, like a lot of the, the telecom infrastructure, the power infrastructure, let's say, you know, running water to our homes, yeah. things of that nature. Like, That's a good question. Um, it, it's, I mean, we're, it depends on how bad it gets, of course, but let's say uh, it's, you know, I think we, we start to see degradation of quality of life uh, at 10% die off of the vaccinated if it's 40%, um, you've got, you know, Cliff describes empty buildings and nobody lives in them and it's just deserted and creepy and eerie and there's not people to do all the things. And it's just, I don't know. I mean, they're going to, it depends on how flexible and adaptable people are and how many people are willing to I think what we're going to end up seeing is more of these like intentional communities where people are getting together and uh, working right. together to survive through this period as society reorganizes itself. All right. Anyway, thanks for taking my uh, questions. Yes, and um, I've been listening to you, I've been listening to you for, I don't know. I can't even tell the number of years uh, with your crypto stuff, but uh, I, I really appreciate uh, you taking the time to put all this information together. And uh, actually, like, you know, um, it's not just simply presenting the information, but actually adding context to it. And yeah. uh, um, it, it's really helpful. And uh, help I, you I guys. Really all right. I appreciate the call. Uh, just trying to help you guys see the narrative, right? It's all about the narrative. They're trying to sell us on this narrative. And I want you to look behind the curtain and see the little man pulling the levers. So, all right, we've got one more. Hang on. XRP 
to $10 plus. Oh boy. Hold on. Let me, I'm trying to get back. See, can you hear us? Oh, you got to unmute your speaker. XRP. All right, we'll go to chat here until you sort that out. Uh, let's see, moving to a safe location like Ruby Ridge. Yeah. <laughs> well, <clears throat> I think life's going to be a lot easier and less chaotic in the rural environments. It's kind of why I'm out where I am and I'll eventually retreat to the farm is my plan. And, and there we'll have quite a bit of family and people and we'll be working together and, and so forth. And, and we've been kind of, uh, you know, we've got a fruit orchard. That's not something you can just throw money at. And now you have a fruit orchard. You gotta, that's real wealth. So Caribbean airlines passenger died in route to Barbados from Trinidad news media reported it as that if unvaxxed media would have reported unvaxxed passenger dies on aircraft, the media is being taken over worldwide. Yeah. Well, it's also, don't forget though, it's just like this doctor, um, back here. Uh, where is he? You guys know who I'm talking about. The doctor that wants to inject his kid. Um, they've bought into that narrative. So, it's not so much that there has to be this puppet master pulling the strings globally as it is the propaganda has to be effective. That's why I focus on the propaganda so much and try and get you guys to, uh, to see that. So, okay. I think we've got Fabio. Are you, no, are you there? Nope, now you're muted. You're going to have to unmute. How's the audio? I'm wondering if anybody wants to let me know on Twitch if it's coming across good or if it's cutting out. Let me know that, please. It's a little blurry, but it's okay. Okay, good deal. What's on your mind? Uh, we were talking about XRP. I don't know. Uh I don't know what you guys think. Uh, I, I already exposed my thoughts. <laughs> okay. Uh, XRP, I mean, it's my primary holding. So, and I talked to uh, one of my brother's business partners. I told him, I think it's probably the best, uh, the best hold right now. So there you go. All right. I'm going to get back to some of these chat comments. Agreed, Sam, about the pathways hope people wake up to all of this, including crypto for the right reasons and direction. Yeah. So like you gotta have the resources. One of my patrons is put, just put in an $80,000 solar power system, which is probably going to take them off grid. And that's the kind of thing that I think are wise investments right now, because we may not have a grid for some period of time. I think society and civilization is going to come back, but it's going to, uh, Cliff talks about it being devolution. It's this kind of disassembling, breaking down of society. And uh, I think you guys in crypto are going to be the ones with the resources to rebuild it. And the way we need to do that is through voluntary associations that are not under the umbrella of this violent criminal gang. 
that has been granted this legitimate monopoly on violence. Like they're the only ones that can use violence to force people to do things they don't want to do. And that's wrong. If I, as an individual don't have the right to force you to do something you don't want to do, I don't, it does, that doesn't change when I get a group of five, 10, 50 or 550 of my friends and we all get together and force you to do something you don't want to do. That's what government is. Okay. It's force. And it's immoral. So, <sighs> Jamaica to Barbados flight. Okay, so that's just a little puddle jumper. Uh, why pay taxes when they print trillions? That's a very good question. Uh, just put this back on in case it gets missed. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, it was from earlier. Justin, U.S. Supreme Court has rejected an emergency appeal from healthcare workers in Maine. To block a vaccine mandate, Sam, what's your opinion on why the Supreme Court keeps doing this? I have no idea. I mean, it's they didn't find anything in the election. Are they compromised? You've got the one that showed up dead that was a little suspicious in the hotel. It's just, I think the government is just compromised top to bottom and they're going to push this down our throats. And, um, all you can do is just step back and say, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not doing it no more. So hold on one second. Okay. Let me see. My girl that has a naturopathic business has been so busy, overwhelmed with people, so sick from the vac. She does a ton of IV treatments. Yeah. I'm not surprised to hear that at all. We've got, we've got doctors and healthcare workers that um, listen to this show and they're telling, there was that Jeff guy that was in there and somebody said, Hey, I'm working in the ER pal. And this is what Sam's saying is exactly what's happening. So uh, I heard speed in, is in the vaccine. What do you think? I, I mean, I don't think so. But we covered the ingredient that they're adding. Who knows what's in there? I, I don't trust it. I don't want... I don't want to see any kids injected with this crap. It's based on lies and, and bribes and corruption and greed. And it will kill these kids, a lot of them. I don't know how many, but... Do you want to be the parent that finds out? Do you want to see your friends be the parent that finds out? Talk to people about this. Will crypto be viable if the infrastructure is compromised and the internet is not readily available? Uh, It's going to be viable wherever the internet is readily available. And continuing on, you just won't be able to connect to it. So maybe it's a good idea if you had like, I don't know, multiple ways to access the internet, like uh, an LTE router and a landline connection if you can get it, and maybe Starlink. Hmm, that's funny. I have all three of them. I'm going to have all three of those, maybe, if Starlink ever moves forward with adding subscribers. So you see why I'm doing these things, folks? It's all to prepare. It's to improve the show, but also to prepare so that I will have access to the news and the world and to you guys. If I can, I'll still be doing shows. 
Let's not forget about AI and robotics rising up to take humanity out of the workforce. Yeah, that's a good point. And that's maybe another um, reason why they want to kill off so many uh, because the robots are just going to be there and we won't need them anymore. So, Sam, what's your opinion on the vaccine being put in the water? There are numerous white papers and videos of scientists saying they are there or self-spreading vaccines. There's also a lot on it. I haven't seen it, so I'd have to I'd have to look into that. And um, I don't I don't know what to tell you. So, without looking at it, okay. Hold on one second. Um, uh, let me see here. Audio is great on Twitch. No, I'm asking about, uh, sorry, Twitter. I might've said Twitch, but, um, I'm curious about Twitter because it's streaming from my phone over Wi-Fi to the wireless router and it's over Bluetooth to the uh, mixer to get the show feed. So I, I was on one today that was just like constantly cutting out quite a bit and I'm hoping it's not doing that, but if it does, if it is, I want to fix it. So that's why I was asking. Uh, okay, sorry if you touched on this before. Why are they targeting healthcare workers when we know healthcare is one of the pillars of any society? If they die, what next? Well, they're targeting the military too. Like it's a, it's get rid of the useless eaters. I get it if they go after other non-essential workers, but first responders, nurses, and doctors seems like a really bad place to start rebuilding. Yeah, it it is, and. Um, People who have these skills, engineers, uh, healthcare workers like that, people that uh, naturopaths, herbalists, so forth, we're going to go maybe pretty primitive for a while. I don't know. Well, you know, it just depends. There's so many, too many variables to really say. But yeah, the, the unvaccinated are going to be um, the people who are left to rebuild. And it's going to really reshape society too, because these are the people, these are the, um, oh, what is it called? Uh, where you're real independent. Um, damn it. I can't remember the name of it. Somebody will tweet it in the chat. Uh, stoic. There you go. These are kind of the stoicists among society, right? They're the people who are willing to look past the propaganda at the real facts, learn the truth. Some of them just are, are not quite that, but there's also this segment of the population that's just uneducated and doesn't trust the government and they're not taking it. So the poor, uh, anyway, so it's going to be an interesting time for society. And of course, another thing to think about is there's going to be a lot of kids without parents. And I'm sure the globalists have plans for all those extra kids running around. But I think we should too. So there's somebody in the audience that's an XRP uh, community member that's kind of talking amongst some friends and putting together kind of a mutual aid network to help kids. If they're, you know, if we get into some really bad breakdown and you've got kids running the streets, their parents are dead or whatever, what, and there's no social services, no police to come get them, what do you do? Somebody's got to take care of those kids. So that's something to think about as well. Okay, uh, let's go back. Red, uh, go ahead and unmute yourself and say hello. 
What's on your mind? Hey, how you doing? Yeah. Um, well, just to touch on a couple things, um, and this is just for general general knowledge of, of people that don't know. The, and uh, you know, you know, the the media consists of what four major conglomerates five that, that run everything. Yes, five ninety percent of what you read, that, see, and hear. And that is from the ABC World News to your ABC affiliate, and people need to realize that. They all the magazines, local, all the newspapers, yep. it's all owned by these five corporations. And it is, it is, it is about as bad as, as government. In fact, Holly, they go hand in and, hand. And Hollywood, that's the, the magician's wand, yep. that's owned by these Absolutely. five corporations too. So all the movies, and the you get propagandized when you're going to watch the movie. You know, you, you support the military narrative and they give you access to all their tanks and planes and cool guns and stuff. But if you go against that, then no, sorry, we can't help you. Which is one of the most important things I think that, that you've tried to tell people I'm telling everybody. And, and it's sad because my parents have fallen into this trap. Mm -hmm. um, they have used, you know, they have used the political divide to, to tear apart families, uh, friends, everything and and people have believed it to the point where i come home with an open understanding of taking all information from all different sources and try to make a uh intelligent educated decision on what i believe what's true what's not what's propaganda and and it's sad when i come home and i literally feel like my parents are fucking brainwashed and, and, and I mean, it's bad, Sam. It's bad. Yep. Like, to the point where, like, they had, I know uh, Joe Rogan brought up this. You know, people like to hate on him. Well, he does the same thing. All he does is, is get informed. He gets people that are smarter than him together and makes informative decisions based on that. And they were going over, with, he was going over with Mike Baker, who was, uh, you know, in the CIA for years. I mean, people should go watch that shit. He's from the inside out telling you, how fucked up and corrupt it is. Yep, it is. But Government is just... Go ahead, wrap up. They twisted that story... Sorry, they had twisted that story of uh, the uh, border agents down there on horses, um, how they were saying they were yeah. whipping people, and yeah. when the truth was, they had open reins. They yeah. were all... They, at the rain from a horse, and my mom had... Dad had both ridden fucking horses, and I had to show them. <laughs> I had to both point out the fact that they were open reins, not whipped. The guy had his hand on the on the famous picture that looks like he's whipping him. He's got his hand on his collar, and he's got open reins. And for people that don't know what open reins are, it's, it's split reins. It's yeah, the, they're not tied you know, at the center. I mean, yeah. Yeah, so, and it's not a whip. It's, exactly. Red, yeah, they're, they're propagandizing us, and they want to control people, and they want to manipulate their emotions, just like Facebook does, right? Oh gosh, I got to do a show on Facebook and what they're doing. Cause that's going to be great. Right. I appreciate you sharing your thoughts. We're going to move on and we've got nib rock. You can unmute and uh, jump on the line. Hey Sam. Thanks a lot. Hey, I just wanted to uh, mention a couple different things. One on COVID, one on fascism. And uh, when it comes to COVID, I wanted people out there to know, you know, some people are just worried and have fear of getting COVID. Well, me and my wife, we uh, both got COVID and, uh, we got over it three weeks ago and uh, I'm 58. 
I'm overweight. So I had those two things going against me, mm-hmm. but, uh, it wasn't that bad. And I followed the, uh, Dr. McCullough's therapy. I, right. His protocol. You go online, you can always, yeah, his protocol. And, uh, I bought everything that it talked about having, had it on, had it waiting. We expected to get COVID sooner or later. My wife works to school with kids and yep. we just figured it'd come, come to us. And so we went through that. I mean, my wife was sick for 12, 14 days. I was sick for five. And then I went and got that monoclonal therapy. And uh, that monoclonal therapy was the IV bag was given to me. And it was done by 930 in the morning. And I had no more COVID symptoms eight hours later. Okay. So good. I was done. It was behind me. So I wanted people just to get the word out, let them know from a person, you know, somebody that's had it. Yeah. I mean, we and, had and we've got months. doctors out there that have like, uh, I mean, there, there's literally a half dozen doctors that have treated hundreds of patients successfully with COVID. They've had very low deaths or death rates. They've had very high success rates with people recovering. You know, my imaginary dog took some ivermectin when I had, um, either yeah. pneumonia yeah. or whatever. And the next day I was still sick. And then the day after that, I woke up able to breathe again. And it was just night and day. And that usually lasts yes. like weeks for me. So it, it works. Um, I think there are, uh, it, yeah. it's a combination though. It's more than just taking one thing, you know, ivermectin alone yeah. doesn't do it. You have to add in some of the other things. And that's where it's so valuable that we have physicians who are able to try these things, put them into studies, publish their results, talk about it with other doctors, compare notes and derive these treatments. That, that's how they come about. And so that, that process is being stifled because if a treatment exists, the EUA can't exist and the criminal drug cartels can't make their billions of dollars. Yeah. And we followed that uh, protocol to the T. I mean, when this happened, you know, we got this symptom, we did what he said, this thing. And then Mm -hmm. if this happened, we did this thing and we just followed it. And it was no worse than the flu. We, We were never panicked. We were never worried. Never thought we were going to the hospital. It was yeah, and that, cool. there's a really interesting presentation out there. And Nimbrak, I thank you for uh, joining the show and sharing your thoughts. From a lady who was in the government, she, you know, she's one of these scientists, researchers, and so forth. She's uh, talking about how fear changes your immune. It, it it lowers your immune response. So if you can get people in fear they're more likely to get sick. And it's really fascinating. I could do a show on just that one video. I may do that one day. I don't, I have to go find it. I don't remember what it was called, but it was some, one of you guys forwarded it to me months ago. And it's just a really fascinating kind of insight into like uh, what's, what might be part of this manipulation. They're doing it intentionally to make us weak in the first place. So, okay. I'm going to read some more of these comments here. One of my friends who works in the hospital saw that his status showed vaccinated, even though he never took the shot. That's there. They get their number. Oh, I see. So they falsely entered him in maybe, or could it be maybe a clerical error or something. Uh, my 16 year old was hurt in a football game last Friday night. We live in Round Rock, Texas, the ER the ER was a ghost town, no emergencies there. Okay, that's good news. Um, so we read the story last night. I think it was a Michigan hospital, but they said they're seeing it all across the country. Uh, we've had a listener talking about their hospital up in Washington State going on divert. Uh, so hmm, 
am, and we're also still pretty early. Uh, I think the numbers are, you know, a couple months ago, the numbers were very low. Now they're, they're getting to where they're not so low, but they're not really that high yet. It's not huge numbers or anything, but uh, I think there are pockets where this thing is happening because it's also, we're still, these are, if the whole ADE thing is correct, um, or this thing's compromising the immune system, it's going to get, it's not a switch. It degrades every week. So as time goes on, more and more people will have, um, will be more and more likely to get more and more sick, if that makes sense. I know it's a lot of mores, but I think you get the idea. So, okay. Twitter audio is fine. Your voice is a little gravelly, but still easy to understand. Okay. I don't know. Maybe I can fix that. Levels look pretty good though. So, okay. All right. Do you think it's uh, us unjab that hold crypto will have exchange or bank issues, selling of profits, QR code, identity issues? I think this whole narrative is going to fall apart and and it's not going to matter. People are going to know that the jabbed are walking dead, a lot of them, and the unjabbed are the healthy ones. And like that whole narrative's going to die. So, but in the short term, yeah, that could, that those sort of restrictions will definitely happen in, uh, in certain places. Okay. Uh, I don't understand if this is all blowing up leads to elites being exposed, anti-vaccinated, et cetera. Why would they want to push it? Uh, you talked about computer predictive algorithm previously and, and that it said it's going definitely against the top 1%. Why would they expose themselves? Do you think they were overconfident? Um, I think their hand is being forced and it might be by an ET like saying, no, you're going to, you're going to do this or else kind of thing. I think somebody has been given an ultimatum and that might be what's behind this. At the same time, we're going through this whole fourth turning thing and uh, you know, it's who knows. I think they're rushed and they're bum rushing our freedoms and uh, they're making a lot of mistakes and the normies are waking up and it's kind of a race to see who can, uh, who's going to win us exposing the truth and reality or them pushing their propaganda and paradigm of control. If the deep state lose, uh, so will XRP ever thought of that, Sam? Yeah, sure. Um, Unless it transforms because it's a very adaptable cryptocurrency, right? Or ledger system. So ripples, if, if the banks all die, and I don't think all of them will, I think a lot of them will. Um, and Wall Street, a lot of that will, but some of it's going to transform. Some of them will recognize that the paradigm is changing and they will choose to change along with it rather than perish. Adapt or die is what's coming. So... Okay, your sound is good. I'm on DLive. Okay, great. Uh, what do you think of the countries reversing COVID plans, North Europe, etc.? Do you think the globalists will get them back on track or are those countries safe for now? Uh, I think, no, I don't think there is a, a going back. 
unless they can bring in like new agents to kind of co-opt the agenda and, and push these restrictions out. But I think the population is becoming aware and alert to what's going on. And so their ability to do that is diminishing by the day. Okay. Uh, last question here. The one thing that I can't rectify is that all the Dems are jabbed and why would they knock off their own? Um, are they all jabbed? I wonder, you know, did some of them fake it or get saline perhaps? Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you, you gotta, it's war. So I would remind you, I guess that it's war and, um, there are casualties in war and the objective is bigger than taking control of the U S government, right? It's about subjugating the people, I think more than anything and bringing us down to our knees with all of these collapses and grind down of society. And then this massive die off that's going to leave uh, a lot of things unable to function any longer. And then, having this vacuum of chaos to which they can, the Chinese, the CCP can come in and you know, take over farmland is kind of uh, what Cliff thinks is the, one of the ultimate, one of their goals anyway. And I think there's multiple agendas at play here. Uh, let's see. Last one here on the note of preparing with food, water. Remember, don't leave your inventory out in the open. Also don't have one cash. Like if you can divide things up amongst multiple building structures, areas, you know, you can take those cans of meat and you can stick them in a four inch PVC pipe with caps on each end and bury them in the ground. Or, you know, you can use the screw end on one, but you got to coat it in a bunch of grease so the water doesn't infiltrate. Um, you know, like the, the survival shows and that sort of thing, they always have like the food cache and then somebody comes in and robs it and like, okay, now what? Whereas if you had it, sort of diversified amongst three structures they come in and get one or that building burns down well you still have fuel you still have food you still have ammo because you have it in two other locations makes sense hopefully my friends see mine waste money and then assume i'm going to share i said who said i'm going to share one said who said we were going to ask yeah exactly it takes a group you can't do this by yourself yes you may want to help but you have to help yourself to help others. Yeah. And find a community. That's, that's where it's going. So, all right, guys, that's it. Enjoyed this one. We'll catch y'all. I'll be back Sunday. I'm going to get my daughter, taking her to eat. Then we're going to a haunted house and then to the farm to spend the night. And I should be back in time for the show on Sunday. So catch y'all then everybody have a great morning, afternoon, whatever it is for you. Oh, wrong one. Zero doubt my man brain, you keep calling me insane uh, Every single day more XRP is what I obtain No more cash, no more cars, only QR code nah. No more proof of work, we running validated nodes Ooh. This is the life that I chose yeah. They look at the cons, I look at the pros I'm always bullish on the shows bullish. Now you wanna ask about XRP, I am not telling I'm not
Now you want some of my XRP? I am not selling, it's not for sale. Honestly, I just wish you well, cause I'm XRP for well. I'm XRP for life and that's forever, can't you tell? I just keep on buying, why they telling me to sell? The whole world gonna be shocked when XRP break out his shell. And that's when we prevail. I'm XRP for well. I'm XRP for life and that's forever, can't you tell? I just keep on buying, why they telling me to sell? The whole world gonna be shocked when XRP break out his shell. And that's when we prevail. XRP taking the lead, come equipped with institutional speed. XRP giving the go to proceed, don't listen to FUD, I know they mislead. Try to tell them, but I know they don't care. ODL, no nothing compared. Back in the day, I was willing to share. Now I don't have any left to spare. Saw some liquidity on demand. Try to tell them, but they don't understand. Holding my ledger right here in my hand. See the signs, it was already planned. Digital economy, it's already here. I'm talking about the moon, they think I majored in astrology. Haters talking trash, I think they majored in garbology. Focus on my future, so I invest in technology. Number one is where we ranking. Come on. And if you don't have XRP, then I do not know what you thinking. Ah. This the time, this the year, this the place to be. How the strong all day long, doing it faithfully. Sure. Keep that negative energy far away from me. It's not our fault that we seeing something that you can't see. I got my hands on some all-demand liquidity. Oh, yeah. And I'ma hold on to it now into infinity. This the greatest wealth transfer the world will ever see. But I'm not talking, I'm about to go buy me more XRP. Cause I'm XRP for well. I'm XRP for life and that's forever, can't you tell? I just keep on buying while they telling me to sell. The whole world gonna be shocked when XRP break out its shell. And that's when we prevail. I'm XRP for well. I'm XRP for life and that's forever, can't you tell? I just keep on buying while they telling me to sell. The whole world gonna be shocked when XRP break out its shell. And that's when we prevail. Ow. Can't you tell? Can't you tell?